following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Have a word of the Lord that I want to share with you, I believe. We've been hearing some really great preaching. Uh, Dr. Williams preached one Sunday. Wasn't that great? And Pastor Ken's been preaching. You know, the Lord has really been touching us, and we're thankful for that. And as Pastor Kent was preaching last Sunday, the Lord brought this verse of Scripture up to me that I want to share with you today that has always been uh, encouraging to me, intriguing to me, but I believe it's, it's a word for us today. And I will take just a few minutes. And when I say a few minutes, I'm not saying metaphorically speaking. I'm going to take a few minutes and share this with you. In fact, my dad always said, what he liked about my preaching was that I didn't preach a long time. Now, I don't know where to take that for a compliment or not, but, but uh, hopefully it won't feel like a long time. Look at your person and say, we're going to receive a word today. We're going to receive an eternal word, but we're not going to be here everlasting getting it. All right. <laughs> I will take a few moments. Because we're hearing a lot about this subject today, and I'm, and I'm all for it, for God is for it. But I want to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes about the victory of justice. The guys just put verses, I believe it's 20 and 21 up there, and I'll read the other. What's so intriguing to me about this, this portion of Scripture, and I begin reading in... Uh, I believe it's Matthew 12 and 15. It says, but when Jesus knew it, what he, talking about what he knew, he knew that the Pharisees were planning to kill him, okay? And so when he knew it, he withdrew from them and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. And in his name, Gentiles, or literally the nations, will trust. I love this portion of Scripture. And what's, always in, what's interesting to me is where it occurs. What happened, Jesus was taking his disciples through the... Uh, country one day and they were hungry that's one thing i love about jesus he feeds the hungry and uh, and they were they picked some corn out of the field and the pharisees thought that was work and so they were condemning jesus for feeding his his disciples on the sabbath day 
And he reminded them of how David's men ate the bread that was in the temple that was only for the priest. And he even told them if you want to get really literal about it, the priests break the law every day when they did their work in the temple. And, but he said, what you don't realize, he said, I'm not looking, I'm not really desiring sacrifice in the thing. He said, what I'm looking for is mercy. And he said, if you'd understood this, he said, you would not have condemned the guiltless. And then he goes to the synagogue and there's a man who's sick and Jesus heals him on the Sabbath day. And when, when, when they heard it, then what they decided to do, this Pharisees got together and they began to plot on how they were going to kill Jesus. And Jesus' response wasn't to go hide himself. Jesus' response wasn't to get upset with him. Jesus just left there and multitudes followed him. And the Bible said he healed them all. You see, the Lord Jesus God himself has always been about justice. In fact, in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament word for ju judgment or justice means also righteousness. In other words, when justice occurs with God, the right thing happens. Now, you and I long, always know that the justice of man is, is, is not is not always true. That the justice of man can be perplexed, it can be perverted, it can be troubled. The justice of man can turn into injustice. We know that. That's why David, when remember that story in the Old Testament? God told him to do something, he did the other thing. God said, all right, we gotta take care of it. This is what we're gonna do. And he sent Nathan the prophet to David and he told David, hey, here's, here's where we are, this is what we gotta do. Now David, the ball's in your court. And what did David say? He said, here's my decision. He said, I'd rather place myself in the hands of God than to fall into the hands of men. What David knew, regardless of the situation, regardless of what was going on, because God is a God of justice, that means God is going to always do the right thing. And you see, when the, when the Bible talks about Jesus, the Bible tells us that one thing about Jesus is that, you know, he, he was always, according to Acts 10, 38, the Bible said that, that God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and Jesus went around, what? Doing good. That's, what in, that's why people loved him because you see, when, when justice is prevailing, goodness and mercy are gonna always follow. And when you get to doing good and you get to doing right, guess what? Great things are going to occur and that's what the Lord wants for us. That's what the Lord's plan is. It's for my own life. The Lord wants my life to be filled with justice. He wants my life to be filled with good things. He wants me to be doing the right things, the right things with God, the right things with you, the right things with my fellow man. Why? Because if I do those things, guess what will happen? I will rule and I will reign with the Lord. When you look in, when you read the Bible, one of the greatest pictures of justice, and there's several of them, remember the little lady caught in the act of adultery? And everybody was ready to kill her. And, you know, and first of all, the unjust thing, if I remember anything from biology, 
it takes two people to commit adultery. And so where was the guy? And then, but Jesus sits down and he starts writing. I don't know what he read, but wrote, but I believe that he began to maybe write the commandments. And then when he said, anybody who's without sin, cast first stone. And when, when they did, Jesus said, neither did I condemn you. See, justice occurred. Justice occurred. The right thing occurred. Another story was, remember the man who was at the gate called Beautiful where the pool was, and for 38 years he'd been there trying to get healed, but every time the angel troubled the water, he couldn't get in. But finally, the Lord comes along, guess what, heals him. Justice occurs. You see, just like Amos the prophet said, he said, I would that justice would flow down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. But there's another picture of justice, which to me is the greatest one. Remember one day when Jesus went into the temple and the Bible says he made him a whip out of cords and Dan Maddox commentary, which will be coming out in 20,045, Jesus cleaned house. Because you see what was going on, they were perverting and messing with the worship of God. Now I'll tell you something about the devil. The devil is a religious devil. From the very beginning, the devil is trying to pervert worship. He's tried to draw it away from God. He's tried to confuse people about it. But here's the deal. If we, you and I, will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, guess what? Great things are going to happen because when we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, guess what? We enter into his presence. In his presence are pleasures forevermore. And the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. And you see, when you get in the presence of God, everything begins to look different. And so Jesus got everything straightened out. And, we, and I preached about this a lot of times because the Bible says that what, one reason Jesus was upset, he said, because my father's house is to be known as a house of prayer, right? But we forget the other part sometimes. It was a house of prayer for all nations. For everybody. Even though it was a Jewish temple, there was a place for everybody. And I just want to declare to you today, in the kingdom of God, God's got a place for you. God's got a place for me. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what nationality I am. It doesn't matter how much money I got or how much money I don't have. It doesn't matter whether I have education or whether I don't have an education. In the kingdom of God, God's got a place for everybody. And I want to tell you, you find that place, you're going to find real joy because the Bible said the kingdom of God is not made up of meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you something. I don't know about you, but there's no place for sad people in God's kingdom. Because in God's kingdom, his goodness is going to always prevail. His righteousness is already going, always going to prevail. And he's never going to rip anybody off. Now, I don't know about you, there's some things I know about the Bible. I used to think I knew everything about the Bible. But, but however this thing ends up, I tell you what, 
I'm putting myself in the hands of God. Because you see, when this is all over, this is one thing I know. Justice is prevail. And when it comes to Dan Maddox or Jim Smith or Rick Turner or whoever you are, the Lord is going to do the right thing concerning you. You see, when, vi when justice wins, it's not a win-lose situation. You know, people see justice, you win, I lose. I lose, you win. But you see, with God, when true justice prevails, guess what? It's a win-win situation when it comes to God. But you see, only God can make that happen. Now, so, a few months ago, Pastor Kent gave us a, a book to read. It was, it was about crucial conversations. And talking about how you deal with crucial things and how you, you know, with tough situations. Well, I told the last service, I'll tell you this service, I hadn't read all the book, Pastor Kent, but I read most of it. But I want to tell you something. When it comes to having conversations with the Lord, if you'll trust Him, and we had that old song we used to sing years ago, let's have a little talk with Jesus. Let's tell him all about our problems. He will hear me when I cry. He will answer by and by. But the thing about it is when you have that little talk with Jesus, everything always works out. But you see, in, in the world in which we live today, I, I read this, I guess call it a statement, and I, I believe it will hold true. It says, when love prevails, then justice is done, truth is served, and peace is achieved. Now, what the Bible says is that we've been brought into the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that Jesus himself said, my kingdom is not of this world. So God's kingdom doesn't operate by the same principles of this world. But the Bible says that God's kingdom will prevail. And the Bible says that God's kingdom is going to prevail and it will be here forever and ever and ever. What's so astounding to me about those verses is that Jesus talks about a bruised reed and a smoking flax. Now, first of all, the reed wasn't something really strong, but reeds were used and cut and, and at times used to measure, to make sure distances were correct. A smoking flax was just a wick that was burnt out from a lamp that gave light. But what Jesus is saying, he said, when I bring justice and I'm going to bring it to victory, he's saying, I'm going to bring it in my way. Because you see, in the world in which we live, we say justice occurs when it's not true justice. And sometimes Sometimes guilty people go free and sometimes innocent people are hurt. But Jesus said, it's not that way in my kingdom. He said, here's the deal. I'm, when I, when I'm going to work and I'm going to work because justice is coming. It's going to prevail. But I'll tell you one thing. There's not a bruised reed that I'm going to break. And there's not a smoking flax that I'm going to quench out. Because my deal is that I'm going to bring 
justice to victory. And when I do, all the nations will trust me. And what that means is to have confidence, to have a sure confidence. I'm here to tell you today, my trust is not in horses or in chariots, but my trust is in the Lord. Because why? You can trust on him. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to trust in the Lord and lead the results to him. But that doesn't mean as the kingdom that we just passively sit here. Now I know there's a lot of protesting going on in the world. But have you ever thought about this? You and I probably wouldn't be here this morning if somebody hadn't protested. Who I'm talking about is Martin Luther. Why do you think we're called Protestants? Luther said, I'm protesting. What his protest was this. He said, I believe God's word says that the just people, that the just live by faith and everybody should have the right to read the Bible and interpret it as God places it in their heart. So I'm glad that he got up one day and he nailed his stuff to the door and he said, I've had enough. And he said, so, and so we became Protestants. Well, I'm glad to be a Protestant and I'm glad to know the Lord and I'm glad that the Lord's helped me. But this is what I want to tell you. There's three things that I think the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ, whatever you want to call it, is that we've got to do in this season. Because you see, I believe there's a great violence in the kingdom of God. The Bible says, first of all, the kingdom of God has always suffered violence and the violent press into it. But you see, God's violence is not like man's violence. What I'm talking about, the violence, the violence of the kingdom is when, is when the goodness and mercy and love and the power of life of Jesus is released into a situation. It can come in and boom, just like that it can change. That's what I'm talking about. And so what I'm trying to tell you, see, the upheaval that's caused by the kingdom is not caused by political provocation or armed advance, but it results when God's order, God's got an order. God's got a way how he knows how it's supposed to work. And if we'll work God's order, God will work with us. Come on. But God's order is going to always prevail. And when God's order comes in to the kingdom, guess what? People wonder, why is everything going on today? I'll tell you why. God's shaking the place because he's getting his order in this place. I'm going to tell you, I'm not worried about it. When it's all said and done, the will of God will prevail. Justice will prevail and knowledge will fill the earth and God's kingdom will prevail forever and ever and ever in true holiness, peace, and joy. Amen. Now, what Jesus did in the temple wasn't a calm, cool, collected thing. They thought, man, Jesus, why are you acting like that? The Bible answers a question. The Bible, the Bible says, 
the scripture is fulfilled that the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Maybe I'm out of it. You know, and I know there's a big generation gap. But when I was growing up, kids didn't like what you were doing. They said, you're eat up with it. Anybody remember that expression? Well, you know what? God wants you not to get eat up with it. He wants us to be so consumed with the love. That's why he said, that's why there's got, we got to have a violence of love. In Mark 12, 30 and 31, Jesus said, I want you to love me with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. What does that mean? Jesus is saying this, you don't realize how much I love you. My love is so zealous toward you that I want to give you everything that I want you to have and you, I want you to receive it. And I want to tell you, you can't receive it when you're half-hearted about it, but when you, when you, you, know, when you go after the Lord, guess what? It gives the Lord an opportunity to bring everything into your life he wants you. I'm going to tell you, if there's something in my life today that's not there, that should it be there? It's not God's fault. It's I've not allowed God to bring it. He will bring it. But the Lord, even though he's powerful, he won't force it on me. He's, you got a will. You can rebel against him or you can yield to him. I tell you what, I believe I, I want to yield and receive everything he's got for me. But you see, that's how powerful love is. The Bible, in fact, when the Bible talks about the, the violence of love, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. Love always rejoices in the truth. In fact, Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. See, we, we want to have great faith, but you can't have great faith unless you have great love. You got to get the love first. Because when the love is there, then faith is able to work. Faith can't work in hatred and bitterness and strife. No, 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 no. But how does that love get there? I can't create it. The Bible said it's shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. If, the whole, if God and the Holy Ghost has a favorite word, I believe that word's love. Because you see what? He said that's what, that's what helps us recognize people to be the people of God, is that they love one another. Jesus said there's going to be a lot of people said, I healed him in your name, I prophesied in your name, I cast out devils in your name. He said, well, that's great, but I don't know who you are. But the Bible says by this, everybody's going to know who we are, that we have love. You see, love is violent. You take a little girl three, four years old. She accidentally wanders out in the street and traffic's flying everywhere. And her dad sees her. He doesn't say, hey, Susie, could we take a time out and talk about where you are right now? Hey, Susie, would you come over here? No, 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 no. If he sees that traffic's coming, He's going to run out there and he's going to snatch her out of the way. It's an act of love. And that's why we got to be violent. We got to be zealous in our love. But love is not a passive thing. Love is an action verb. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I told you. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, I'll do this. Why? Because even Paul says what? He says, the love of God 
constrains me. You say, well, I just can't help myself. I know it, but the love of God can help you. The love of God can stop me or it can propel me. The love of God can do things that nothing else can. And if the church is going to accomplish what we need to accomplish in this season, because there's an awakening coming, you know, we need to start allowing that fruit of the Spirit. Because you see, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. That means we're the same stuff he is. No different. You don't go, if, if you go out to where a vineyard is, you don't get peaches off the branches. No, you get grapes because it's the same stuff. Well, he said the same stuff that Jesus is, is the same stuff you are. Love, peace, joy, but you got his authority. You got his power. But what did he say? He said, I'm not going to use it out of order. Why? He said, because I'm not going to crush a bruised reed or I'm not going to put out a smoking flax, but I'm going to get the job done. And when I do, I'm bringing justice to victory. We got to be violent with the truth. The Bible says if you know the truth, the truth what? Will set you free. Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. Number one, I got to start being truthful with God. Then I got to start being truthful with myself. What I'm talking about, you can rationalize yourself out of all kinds of situations. But if I'll be truthful with God and I'll be truthful with myself, and then if I do what the Bible says, if I speak the truth in love, guess what? I can be effective in the kingdom. I can be dangerous in the kingdom. You see, the enemy doesn't want me walking in truth and love. In fact, in 3 John, that's what the elect lady says. I'm so happy to hear that my children are walking in love. You see, we can't just talk it. We got to walk it because 2 Corinthians 4 says the kingdom of God just not, doesn't just come in words. It comes in power. What the world needs to see today from the church is the power of the love of God. They've seen hate. They've seen bickering. And, I, and I'm not saying that everything that that's going on is right and everything is wrong. But what I'm trying to say is this. We are the people of God. And we have, we have the ability, if we'll trust God, to change this world for the good. I said we can change this world for the good. That's what we're here for. And we're to do our very best. I know not it. Jesus is going to come back and he'll finish up what we didn't get done. But I tell you what, he, he's looking for me and you. When they went to get Jesus, they said, what did you leave us? He said, I was about the Father's business. I was doing what God called me to do. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to do what God tells us to do. We need to love the unlovable. We need to reach the unreachable. We need to touch the untouchable and let God be God and quit caring what anybody else thinks about it. Let me stop right here. This is kind of an oxymoron, the violence of peace. You see, the Bible, biblical concept of peace is not just a lack of war, strife, but it's prosperity, goodness, 
fulfillment, all of those things. One of the greatest pictures to me of the violence of peace is when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples in storm. Now I'm just going to tell you, if you're going to follow Jesus, get ready, you're going to be in some storms. Because he said, the guy who built his house on the sand, the guy who built his house on the rock, both of them faced the storms. The difference is your house, your house is not going to fall in the storm. Your house is thin. But you're going to be in some storms. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to be in some storms. But you know what Jesus did? He didn't say, give me the phone, let's get a hold of James Spann. No, Jesus stands up, wind blowing, boat rocking, and he says, peace be still. Now I used to think everything just grad. I don't think it happened that way. When he said it, I think, whew, just like that, it stopped so sudden that they almost fell out of the boat. You ever been going down the road and all of a sudden it, the car just stopped? I think it was just that sudden because when Jesus proclaimed peace, it didn't have to wait a nanosecond or a microsecond. When he said peace, I think instantly peace settled on that place. Why? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And you and I are called to be peacemakers. If we're a peacemaker, we're truly a son of God. And then everywhere Jesus went after his resurrection. Now, you and I got the Bible. And the disciples, they didn't understand all that resurrection stuff. But every time he'd come up to his disciples after resurrection, he wouldn't cry that I'm holy. He wouldn't, he could say a lot of things to them. But every time he'd see them, first thing he'd say, he'd say, peace be to you. When he went to them that night, they were locked in the room because they were afraid. And they didn't know how it was going to turn out because everybody, and, and what does he do? He walks through the door. He, I mean, he walks right through the wall. And that would scare the bejesus out of me. But Jesus, he walked through the wall and he said, peace be still. But Thomas wasn't there, so he came back the next Sunday night. I used to use that preached. When I had Sunday night church, I used to use that verse to tell people, you need to show up on Sunday night. Jesus will show up. I miss with you. But what did Jesus say? He said, peace be unto you. Why? Because you see, when you got the peace of God, when you got the peace of God, then everything's going to go your way. Why? Because the peace of God is your best guard. It's going to guard your heart. And I tell you what, if we can let God help us to violently start loving people, zealously love people, zealously proclaim the truth, and zealously be peacemakers in this world, guess what? Transformation is coming. Why? Because when love prevails... Justice occurs. Truth happens. And peace is achieved. 
This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.